0: Today I am walking through a whiskey tasting with Wyoming whiskey, a whiskey that claims to be a traditional bourbon from an untraditional place. But before we get to that, my name is Chris and you are listening to the Whiskey Noobs Podcast. Now, I haven't done an explanation on my whiskey tasting strategy for a little while, and I've never really dedicated an episode to it. So I had a listener request to taste and review Wyoming whiskey, and I figured let's make that into an episode where I also talk about the steps that I do for a whiskey tasting and how I approach it personally. That way, people who are listening who haven't been around for the entire time or haven't heard me talk about it before, you can get a little bit of an idea of what I'm doing when I walk through my average whiskey review. And it's also good for Me to refresh all the different things that I try to do that sometimes you forget the details. So I'm going to be doing that and walking through this Wyoming whiskey review. I've never had a bourbon from Wyoming. I'm not sure if there are others or not, but this is going to be the first bourbon that I've had from Wyoming for certain. And I'm pretty excited to check it out. I really enjoyed their website and the way. They uh, go in depth about their distillery, which I will get into during the review portion. So I might be a little bit biased because I really want to like this. We'll see. But without further ado, I'm going to get into this review. And as I mentioned, as I'm going through this review, I'm going to talk about what it is that I do when I'm reviewing whiskey, the different steps that I take and different things that I do in order to try to really get a good idea of the palate of a whiskey, what it tastes like, and pull out the notes that I'm getting from it. And then when I pull out those notes, at the end, I do go through the notes that the distiller says you should get from it. But first, I'm going to go through, without looking at those notes the distiller says I should get, and walk you through step-by-step my process, the thoughts that are going through my head, and also, of course, talk about this whiskey and my opinion on it. So the very first step, even before nosing the whiskey, is actually looking at it. This is what a lot of folks start off with holding the whiskey up to the light, getting an idea of what it looks like, uh, swirling it in the glass and looking at the legs because legs do have a little bit of an indication of the amount of body or the amount of alcohol in it. I do have an episode specifically on that though, so I'm not going to get too in-depth into that. But if you're more curious about the legs, you can look up episode 21 of Whiskey Noobs, which is Why Swirl Your Whiskey, and that talks all about the legs of a whiskey. Now, I'm going to get into the nose because that's typically the more important part for me. I will say that this has a nice golden color, not too light, not too dark. Um, It looks a a very average golden color, not like dark brown like it came right out of the barrel like some barrel proofs, but also not that pale gold that you'll get when something looks extraordinarily watered down or something like that. Now let's get into the nose. The key to nosing whiskey, in my personal opinion, is getting your nose the right distance away from the whiskey. Now, this is a lot easier if you have a tulip-shaped glass, a glass that focuses the whiskey fumes and flavors into the rim of the glass, like a Glencairn, which is my favorite to use. If you've seen me on TikTok and on Instagram, you know I use Glencairns most of the time. So whether you're using a Glencairn or not, you're going to want to try to get your nose the right distance from the whiskey. The way, the best way to do that is to start kind of far away, very slowly get your nose closer and closer to the rim of the glass, and right when it starts to burn, back off a little bit. Back off just to where it no longer burns, and that's where you're going to get the most amount of flavor with the least amount of burn. Now, the reason I like Glen Cairns is you can get a lot more flavor at that location where you're getting less burn than you can get with let's say a rocks glass or i guess i should say that's what i prefer about tulip shaped glasses in general there are multiple different types of tulip shaped glasses but i prefer them to a rocks glass because with the rocks glass you could be in that same location right beyond where it's going to burn you but you'll be getting a lot less flavor that's just from my experience some people don't really seem to care and that's totally fine But that's why I prefer a good Glencairn for tasting my whiskey. So you're going to get your nose right to that location where it no longer burns. And then you're going to start trying to smell out some notes. And I am going to do that for Wyoming whiskey right now. Right off the bat, this almost gives me Buffalo Trace vibes. It's got these nice bakery sweet notes, uh, these nice pretty rich notes with a little bit lighter of flavors to them and also maybe a little bit of rye spice right at the end. I'm going to nose it again and see what else I get here. As I'm walking through the nose, you'll notice that I do it a few times, and the reason that I do that is the first time I like to get a general impression, what type of a whiskey am I smelling, what does it remind me of, and this comes with experience for sure, and then I'll taste it again or nose it again, and I'll try to get a little bit more specific with it. I do a very similar thing on the palate, but that's why you'll hear me say some notes, say some general things, and then go back to it and smell it again. This almost reminds me of a more bourbony smelling TX, the TX that I reviewed a couple weeks ago. It has the almost like a banana flavor like that TX does to me. Um, it's kind of what it's reminding me of right now. But there's also a little bit of ethanol burn on the nose, a little bit of the alcohol burn. Um, but overall, I get a lot of sweetness from the nose, which I'm enjoying. Maybe there's a little bit something stronger in there than banana. Maybe it almost has... I don't know, a different, slightly stronger fruit to it. I also wanted to mention at the beginning of the episode. I totally forgot. If you follow me on Instagram and on TikTok, you saw that I had COVID a couple weeks ago as of the airing of this. Um, but as of the recording of this, I just came off of it this past weekend. And so this is my first full review post COVID. I have sat down and had a couple glasses to myself to try to make sure my taste buds are all right. So I think my taste buds are 100% back in line, but I guess all of this is to say if for some reason I hate this whiskey, uh, maybe maybe my taste buds are still a little bit off. But so far, it's smelling fantastic. Fortunately enough, I did not entirely lose my sense of smell and taste, but I was certainly not very good at doing blind tastings. That's how I, That happened right before I found out I had COVID, as I did a blind tasting, and I was like something's not right. These taste exactly the same. (laughs) And that's how I found out. So a little fun story for you there in the middle of this episode overall, I'm getting a lot of good sweetness, um, some pale sweetness, some some sweetness is a little bit more pale, maybe than Buffalo Trace, but still a little bit of that caramel, butterscotchy smell on the nose, maybe it's more like brown sugar, and definitely fruitiness that is reminding me of banana, because it's, uh, that's what's on my brain right now, it, it initially reminded me of TX enough that now I'm thinking banana, but I'm excited to taste the palate, and sometimes the palate will give you a new perspective on the nose, it'll kind of give you a different look at those same notes that you were you were smelling on the nose or sometimes it's totally different. So the next step is going to be to walk through the palate. And so with a palate what I typically do if this is my first glass of whiskey of the night, especially especially with newer folks is I always say your first sip is going to be kind of a wash. Don't worry too much about getting notes out of it. As I mentioned, I like to do the same thing with the palate as I did with the nose, which is to get a general impression and then kind of narrow it down and then kind of narrow it down more with a, with a third palette tasting. Just keep walking through that and getting narrower and narrower. And with that, I would add that with the palate, something that you get with the palate that you don't necessarily get with the nose is, the first sip might totally just be a wash. It, if your palate is not heated up yet, if your palate's not ready to go because you haven't had any other whiskeys, then don't worry about pulling any notes from it. Um, Just take a sip of it. Let it sit in your mouth for a couple seconds. Everybody swallows too quickly, but you don't want to swallow right away because you want that ethanol, that alcohol, to get diluted a little bit in your mouth by uh, kind of swishing it around your mouth, letting it coat your entire palate. And if you don't get a lot from it, if it burns kind of a lot, that's totally fine. The second sip is where you're probably really going to start to see it open up a little bit. So I'm going to go through and do that first sip, and then I'm also going to go into that second sip. I should also add that first sip that really burns up your palate. I usually like to give it a few seconds to fade off. So it's going to kind of attack your palate. You're going to swallow it, and then I like to let it kind of fade out. You'll get that burning sensation will start to go away, and that's when I go for the second sip. Alright, this is giving me pretty similar notes on the palate. It's got a good bakery sweetness, almost like a caramel, and it does have a fruitiness to it that's kind of reminding me of maybe like a banana. Maybe it's like pear, but I'm always bad at picking out pear, Um, but not necessarily dark fruits. I'm going to try it again and try to think about some dark fruits, like maybe some cherries or some uh, plums, something like that, but so far, it seems a little bit lighter of fruit. Maybe, maybe apricot, um, but definitely some some fruitiness. I know I just threw out like four or five fruits, so I don't know which of those yet that it's reminding me of the most, but it's definitely got some kind of a fruitiness to it. I think I'm going to stick to my guns with a little bit of like a banana, honey-ish flavor. Maybe some like caramel Definitely notes along those lines. And now throughout the nose and especially the palate is where I really like to sip on the whiskey and read up a little bit more on the whiskey, learn a little bit more about it. And that's what I'm going to do right now. So since this is Wyoming Whiskey's episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about Wyoming Whiskey and especially this specific bottle, which is their small batch bourbon that I'm drinking right now. So, as I mentioned, this is a small batch bourbon, and upon further inspection of their website, it appears that that's kind of what they do, is small batch bourbons, so that's a little bit of like a marketing point for them, is that they do things in smaller batches. Um, as I mentioned in the very beginning of the episode, they're kind of saying, their slogan for their bourbon is, it's a traditional bourbon from an untraditional place, because Wyoming is absolutely an untraditional area for bourbon, and they are... Proudly say that they make every drop of whiskey that they sell, which is impressive because a lot of newer distilleries nowadays do have sourced whiskey. At least some of their whiskey is sourced, if not all of it. And so they made a point to say they distill, barrel, and bottle all of their whiskey in Kirby, Wyoming. So that's definitely something notable to hear from them. And then the other thing that I really, really like about their website is the amount of information that they give. They talk about everything from the mash bill to where the ingredients from the mash bill are grown at, to the yeast that they use, the water that they use. Everything is talked about. I absolutely love when people go in-depth about their whiskeys, especially when they They're the ones distilling it. I get that it might not be that easy to go in depth if you're using sourced whiskey. But if you're distilling it yourself, I really like to hear the story behind it. So they give a good amount of information on their website. So I might be a little bit biased going into this because I really wanted to like this reading their website. Because I'm like, that's a pretty awesome. I love when they have a good website. I love when they give you all this information about the whiskey. One last thing I forgot to mention about this bourbon is it is 88 proof or 44% alcohol by volume. And it is in about the mid $40 range in my area, which is Ohio. So not an overly expensive bottle of bourbon, but certainly above the lower shelf. So we're certainly getting up into the the regions where I would like it to be. I don't want to say impressive, but at the very least uh, different. One note that I'll give about this that so far has not dazzled me is the amount of alcohol I've been getting from it. It's had a good amount of the alcohol burn. But aside from that, it's had a very clean taste to it. Um, it hasn't had like the weird harshness you get from lower shelf bourbons. That's like a really nasty char or something like that. Hasn't had that so far. It has had a pretty clean taste, pretty sweet notes, which I'm a fan of. And then maybe just a kick of that rye spikes at the end, like almost like black pepper that really accompanies that alcohol burn. So I would say that's that's my palette so far. So I, so far on the nose, I'm gonna throw out there that there is some some caramely banana-ish type notes. Maybe a touch of rye spice and then also on the palate you get similar things, maybe more fruitiness on the palate that I can't quite nail down and then definitely more of like the rye spice, a little bit of like a black pepper, um, maybe a little bit of maybe cinnamon or nutmeg, something along those lines. Nutmeg might be closer to what I'm tasting. I'm going to give it one last taste and then we're going to move on to the finish. Nutmeg might be a good descriptor because it almost reminds me a little bit of like an eggnog. Like maybe there's almost a custardy type flavor to it with maybe like a little bit of nutmeg or like something like that on it. That's kind of what it reminds me of. And then you get that rye spice kind of at the end. It kicks it up a notch with like maybe a little bit of like black pepper. And one last thing I wanted to mention while we're still talking about the palate is... A trick that I like to do for the palate is to sip a little bit of water and hold it in my mouth. So I'll sip the water, I'll swallow most of it, leave a little bit of water in your mouth, and then take a sip of the whiskey. And that will help to dilute the whiskey a little bit, make it a little bit more bearable, and really help you narrow down some of those notes that you may have missed. I actually don't have water on me right now to do that, but I wanted to mention that in this episode because that is a trick that you can do. I actually learned that at a whiskey tasting, and a lot of folks do use it. It's not like my original idea. But I do find that it helps quite a bit. So moving on to the finish, I'm going to talk about how I go about the finish. So what I typically do is I try not to focus too much on the finish during reviewing the palette. I, I don't want to focus on too many things at once or I might miss something. So then when I'm ready to start talking about the finish, I'll take another sip and I'll focus on specifically on how it changes. There's an impression that a whiskey gives you right when it enters your mouth. And there's an impression that it gives you right before you swallow, through the swallow, and after that. And so I try to focus on that end bit to try to see how it changes, how it develops. And then give it a couple minutes after you swallow. Give it a couple minutes to think about it. Think about how it's changing and wait until the flavor is pretty much gone or mostly gone. You'll probably still have some kind of an aftertaste. But wait until the flavor is mostly gone and then you know that your finish is over. So I'm going to do that right now. So I wouldn't say that this palette has a huge transition into the finish, but I do think maybe that spiciness starts to fade. You get, for sure, you get some burn and that spiciness kind of starts to fade and you get the sweetness back a little bit. And something that you'll hear people talk about a lot, especially myself, is how smooth the finish is or how oily the finish is. And what I'm talking about with that is, does it dry up my tongue? Is it a dry finish? Or does it kind of float across my tongue like oil would do, where I swallow and my tongue almost feels a little bit slippery? There's definitely a spectrum there. It's never just one or the other. Um, But somewhere on that spectrum is pretty much every whiskey. I would say this one lands more towards the dry finish region, um, but it does still bring the flavor with the finish. Sometimes, you know, you want the oil because it feels like it kind of lingers around on your palate. This finish is kind of dry for me, but the flavors stick around for a while. Definitely dries out my tongue a little bit more than I would like, but it really depends on your preference. I think most of the time when I pay a little bit more money, I do expect it to be a little bit less dry. A little bit of what I would call smooth, where it's Easy, doesn't really, it doesn't really um, feel like, I guess you'd say spicy on your palate by any means. I did just have some spicy food for dinner. I don't know if that's impacting it or not because um, that's pretty much entirely off of my palate by now. But it definitely has a little bit of that dryness to it maybe a touch more than I would prefer. I think my biggest negative note out of this whole bottle would just be that it has a little bit more alcohol than I would prefer. At this price, and definitely at this proof, this is less than 90 proof, I would expect it to be a little bit smoother probably. But maybe I will try a little bit of like Buffalo Trace to calibrate my palate a bit better here and make sure I'm not crazy. However, that really is the biggest negative note that I have. Um, So far, enjoyable flavor, good amount of flavor, good amount of, I don't want to say punchiness because it's not like aggressive, but just a good volume of flavor, a good body of flavor. Um, Maybe it's not super three-dimensional, but it's probably about where I would expect it to be in this price range, so it's not like you're getting cheated or anything like that Um, because you do get some transition, you just don't get a ton of dynamic, Flavor change as you're drinking it, but you wouldn't really expect that in this mid 40s price range. So overall, basically, my only big negative note would be the amount of alcohol burn that I'm getting. Aside from that, pretty pretty positive notes so far. Um, notes meaning my notes on the whiskey, and the notes also meaning the notes that I'm getting from the whiskey. So I will move on now to talk a little bit about. The notes that the distiller says you should get. But first, I'm going to do one more taste of the finish and talk just one more little bit about it. Something I like to talk about that I forget to sometimes is how long a finish lasts. And that's what I was kind of looking at with that uh, sip that I just took. And I would say this one lingers more than I'd expect for how kind of dry the finish seems to be for me, but also not overly long. You'll have some whiskeys where you'll I'd still be talking right now and really strongly tasting it this isn't quite one of those but I'd say it's 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 right in the middle it's comfortably in the middle it's not like completely gone after you're done but it also doesn't linger around too long Now, let's talk about the notes that they say you should get from this. And when I say they, I mean the Distiller Wyoming Whiskey. So this is what I like to do after I've already tasted it, after I've given my opinions, especially for the podcast, I like to go through and say what they say I should get. That way, everybody can know that I am wrong. So (laughs) these are the the notes that they say you should get. Starting with the nose, it says, oh, they give a note that I really like here. It says floral, which I didn't get a ton of floral notes from it, but maybe I'll smell it again and see what I get. But they say a hint of vanilla bean, which I think is pretty accurate. And then they say caramel pudding. And I really like that they specify pudding because like I mentioned, especially on the palate for me, it gave me a sort of um, eggnoggy or I think I said custardy type of a flavor. It's definitely in that realm of like creamy, puddingy, custardy flavor. So I'm really glad they said that. Now on the palate, they once again say floral, which I didn't mention at all. So I'm going to try it again and see if I get anything along those lines, but I don't think I really did personally. But then it says brown baking spices. So I'm thinking probably along the the lines of the cinnamon and the nutmeg that I mentioned, browned butter, vanilla cream, caramel, and a hint of cinnamon. I have to fully agree with this because those are right along the lines of the things I was saying. That to me sounds like eggnog and that's kind of what this reminds me of. But I'm still, uh, one thing that I really diverged from was I said fruity, And maybe they're saying floral where I say fruity, but I would stand by that there's some kind of like a pale fruit, like a banana or maybe like an apricot, something like that. I don't think it was apricot. I would say maybe more of like a pear, Um, a light fruit along those lines than floral to me. Uh, But I will try it again, like I mentioned, and see if I, I get any kind of a floral note. But... Everything they're mentioning about the spices, the cream, the caramel, the vanilla, that's all hitting the nail right on the head. Um, I really I really like that they're mentioning pudding and cream, putting in the nose and cream on the palate, because this whiskey gives off that vibe and sometimes when you say caramel you say vanilla especially talking about a bourbon people are like oh so it tastes like every other bourbon ever but just think to yourself how a cinnamon roll or a caramel a salted caramel uh, latte or something tastes different from like caramel pudding it's two totally different flavors or think to yourself how vanilla ice cream tastes different from like a vanilla creme brulee totally different types of flavors and you're using like a texture to signify that but there is a different flavor there and this is more along the lines of the creamy puddingy flavor like i said eggnog i think is how i personally would just call this palette if i had to use one type of a food to say what it was i'd probably say eggnog to me which i love eggnog by the way now moving on they say the mouthfeel is light and smooth with vanilla bean and cinnamon spice filling the mouth cavity a hint of mint the hint of mint is interesting because i could almost see it like um like the vanilla mint which is basically what like a shamrock shake tastes like i could kind of see that i don't know why they put that under mouthfeel because they're kind of giving flavors um, I disagree with the smooth. I think the mouth feel is definitely a little bit dry, um, a little bit harsh of a feel. Not really harsh flavors, but harsh of a feel. Um, and then for the finish, they say medium length finish with toffee, spice, and vanilla fade. So medium length finish with toffee, period. Spice and vanilla fade, period. So two separate sentences there. Um, you might not have been able to tell, by the way, I read it the first time but I would agree with like the toffee. I think I like that they say the spice fades. I don't know if they're saying that those stick around the longest and fade, but I would say the spice kind of fades and you get stuck with, or not stuck with, but you're left with the sweetness like the toffee. Uh, I am going to try it one more time. So here's what I'm going to look for. This is what I really like to do when I'm tasting a whiskey as well, is look at the notes they say you should get. And never, ever, 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 ever think that the distiller is right and you are wrong. That most of the time is not the case, especially because distillers will dress up the notes that they know that they get from it and they'll make it sound better. Maybe you're getting just a plain sugar taste from it. They will dress it up and call it vanilla or caramel, things like that. So don't be afraid to stick to your guns. But what I do like to do more as a learning exercise is to say the notes that I get from it go through and read the notes they say I should get from it, and then I like to compare and try to seek out the notes that I didn't get. Now, this is not me saying that you'll be able to find it and that the distiller is right. Sometimes you're just straight up not able to find it. But this also is me saying that there seems to be this growing thought that perhaps all flavor notes are BS. Nobody should ever really talk about flavor notes or say the flavor notes they're getting because everybody's palate is just so different. I disagree with that sentiment. And I think that what is more likely is that everybody's palate is different. But if somebody tells you that something tastes like X or Y and it doesn't taste like that to you, maybe you're tasting A or B and it's their version, their palate sees that as X or Y. A great example would be maybe somebody says butterscotch, whereas I would say brown sugar. Butterscotch and brown sugar are almost like two different ends of the caramel spectrum, in my personal opinion, and I've actually talked about this on previous episodes. And... Just by tweaking that flavor a little bit, it could take you from, yeah, there's no way that's in there to, oh, yeah, I totally see. That's exactly what it tastes like to me. Another great example, which is actually right here in front of me, is that they say caramel pudding or vanilla cream, and I say eggnog. You can kind of see how that's almost two different ways of expressing the same idea, not necessarily the same flavor notes, because everybody has different palates. But you can see how if somebody were to say caramel pudding, and I was newer drinking whiskey, or I wasn't... Being a little bit open-minded about the notes, I might say, no, you're crazy. That's not what this tastes like. But what I like to do is look at those notes that I'm not getting and say, what might they be that I am getting? And in this case, I would say, oh, the caramel pudding or the vanilla cream or the combination of those two. To me, that's eggnog. That's, That's probably the thing that I'm calling eggnog. I'm certainly not saying that this is always possible, but I do like to do that, especially after I've read the notes. I like to pick out ones that I didn't see at all, like the floral and like the hint of mint, and I like to go back through and see if I can find them. So that's what I'm going to do right now. So I'm not getting a ton of floral on the nose, but I think maybe the thing that I am calling the fruitiness is what they would call floral. So I think this is a great example because on the nose, I think I could compromise and say maybe there's some floral notes in there. On the palate, I almost don't get any. And I might say that maybe that floral is the thing that I'm calling like a pear or like a banana that I couldn't really nail down, but it was that vague, almost kind of fruitiness. I think maybe that's what the thing they're calling floral, and this gives you a great way of discussing a whiskey with somebody who does clearly have totally different taste buds from you, and that's why I like comparing notes so much, and you'll see me do that a lot of times with my guests on the show, and so I would say probably with the floral, it's this sharp, not sharp, sharp's not the right word, it's this semi-punchy but still sweet note that I was calling some sort of fruitiness, I think they're calling it floral. I can see it definitely more on the nose than I can see it on the palate. On the nose, it almost reminds me since now I was thinking about flowers while I was smelling it, and it almost reminds me of like a lily, like a lily of the valley type scent. Um, So I can kind of see that floral on the nose. Definitely less so on the palate, but once again, maybe that's the, the fruitiness that I'm saying I'm getting from it. Now, for the mint that I totally missed... I don't think I really get it while it's still in my mouth, but on the finish is where I would move mint to. They have mint under mouthfeel. I would move mint to finish, and I think after I swallowed and after my mouth aired out a little bit and got a little bit of the burn, a little bit of the fumes out of there, then I started to really taste the mint, I think. that That's where it really started to arise for me. I'm going to try it one last time, round out my opinion on this whiskey, and that will be all for this episode. Yeah, I think that's a a fair bet to say that the mint, I would move to the finish rather than being on the mouthfeel, what they're calling the mouthfeel, and I'm assuming they mean more as the palate. Overall, my thoughts on this whiskey, I love the website, I just have to throw that out there, I love the amount of information they give you on the website. The whiskey itself it's in the bottle, I really enjoy the journey that it takes you on. I like, it seems different to me. I don't think I've ever said eggnog on a podcast before or on any whiskey before, whether I'm on the podcast or not. That is definitely something different, something new for me is that little bit of an eggnog flavor. I enjoy that. I enjoyed how creamy this was. Creamy flavoring, not creamy in your mouth because it definitely has a little bit of a dry Finish to it a little bit of drying out your tongue even on the palate, and that would be my one complaint about this is I'm getting more alcohol than I would like for the proof. But anytime that that seems to be the case, anytime that I'm getting a ton or almost none alcohol burn, I like to return to the bottle. Because what can very often happen is that can be very heavily dependent on your palate condition. Maybe it's something that you ate and you don't even realize or something that you didn't eat. Maybe your palate's really fragile that day. It could really be anything. So I will, I will return to it and try to get a new opinion on that because maybe it's my palate condition. That's my big negative note for this is the alcohol, though. Aside from that, I really enjoyed this. I thought it had a unique palette to it. Maybe it's the location. Maybe it is you know the climate that these barrels are aging in. But overall, I found it to be very enjoyable, very unique in that it does have that creaminess to it where usually I would just say bakery, but this time I would say those, those bakery sweets really accompany this custardy type taste to me that I really enjoyed. And anytime that a whiskey stands out to me as being a little bit different or a little bit something that I haven't really had before, I always enjoy that. I would definitely throw this in the sort of category of being kind of like a TX, but without the harshness that the TX had. And when I say harshness, I don't just mean alcohol burn. I mean like the harsh notes. Like the TX almost seemed to have this harsh flavor to it whereas this it has a nice clean flavor to it that I really enjoy just with some alcohol burn I'm impressed by it. I'm going to try it again. And hopefully those of you who tried it right along with me or for the person who specifically asked me to try the Wyoming whiskey, hopefully this has been a satisfactory review for you. If you haven't heard me walk through how to do a whiskey tasting before, hopefully this gave you some good starting points to get started and make it your own. Do things a little bit differently. Do whatever it is that you want. Add a droplet of water, add some ice, whatever you want, make it your own. I just find this is the best way that I like to walk through a whiskey tasting and hopefully it will help you with your next tasting as well. But that's all that I've got for this episode today. So thanks for listening to this review on Wyoming whiskey. I will leave you guys with learn to drink, drink to learn. Thank you for listening to this episode of Whiskey Noobs. If you like the show, please make sure to leave a five-star rating or review to help grow the show and get the word out. You can also find more Whiskey Noobs content on Instagram at whiskey underscore noobs and on TikTok at whiskey noobs podcast. If you want to drink right along with me, make sure to join the email list by sending an email to podcast at gmail.com with a subject line saying email list. You will receive monthly emails with a list of the whiskeys that will be featured throughout the month so that you can buy them ahead of time and drink right along with the show. Once again, thanks for listening to this episode. The Whiskey Noobs podcast does not support underage or otherwise irresponsible consumption of alcohol.